Hey, what's up? This is Johnny McBee, and you're listening to the Burn This World podcast. On this episode, I'm going to be talking about Standing on the Edge by The Browning. And this song has a lot of meaning to a lot of people. It was the early, early song that a lot of people were really connecting with, with The Browning. And I wrote this one initially for the album that was before Burn This World, the demo, quote-unquote demo, and the one that has the clock on the front. And there's a lot that goes into this song, and not only musically, but also emotionally with the lyrics. It's very straightforward in both the lyrics and the music. At the time, though, when I wrote this song, I mean, I was 19 years old, you know? And I do honestly feel like a lot of the stuff I wrote when I was very young and quote-unquote juvenile is some of the coolest, most like raw emotional stuff I've written, both musically and lyrically. I was very young, and there is something to say that, you know, the young, untainted mind of an artist is the best stuff that you get. It's the most raw stuff that you get. And I can understand that. Back then, I was just, I was writing stuff, and I didn't really think too much about it. I did, but I didn't, you know. Back then, I would have thought I did, but now knowing how much I put into the crap now, yeah, I, I didn't really put that much into it like I do now. But that's probably the beauty of it, right? Being young and naive and just having it all, <laughs> you know? And so, really, standing on the edge, um, I actually initially wrote these lyrics whenever I was with his Blood Runs Black. And I was in the studio working with them. I was recording some songs for their album that ended up being Instinct. But I ended up leaving his Blood Runs Black and went to start the Browning full time. And just the whole thing of my life at that time, it was crazy. I mean, I graduated high school. I went down to Florida to go to college. I wasn't really liking college. I was going to a school for music production called Full Sail. And then as I'm there, I'm freaking hating it. And I was writing Browning music the whole time. I've been writing Browning music since I was 14. And a fan of the Browning actually said, hey, you should try out for his Blood Runs Black. They're doing auditions. And I was like, okay. I didn't even think about it so much, so I didn't even write lyrics for the audition. I just screamed random noises, right? <laughs> and somehow I ended up joining them and doing my first tour ever in Europe, playing to a thousand people a night. It was crazy. But then after that tour, went back to L.A., and was with them, and I just was really not getting along with the guys for a lot of reasons. I don't need to go into detail of certain things about it. All in all, just did not get along with them. And But this song, I wrote these lyrics while with them, and even on the tour, man, I, was, I knew I wasn't feeling it. And so I was just down. Like I was like, man, I hated college. Now I'm with these guys on this crazy opportunity, and I'm really not feeling this. And I was like, I'm about to have to fly home, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Talked to my sister, and she flew me home. 
And me, her, and her husband all drove down to Dallas, Texas for me to start the Browning as a full band. But, I mean, think about it from a 19-year-old's perspective. You know, <laughs> I had a lot going on. I had a lot of reason to really not understand what, what was going on at the time, you know? And so standing on the edge, even while I was with his Butterns Black, the lyrics make a lot of sense as to my current state of mind whenever I was with them. And there's also just a lot of stuff going on personally. And so, yeah, to talk about the music first before I dive into the lyrics. Whenever me, my sister, and her husband moved down to Dallas to start the Browning full-time, I was working overnight at Walmart, stocking shelves. And uh, I wrote this song in my head while stocking shelves at Walmart. So uh, I didn't have headphones. I didn't have nothing. It was overnight. The Walmart was shut down, so it was just the people working there. And so I'm, you know, stacking yogurt cups and putting milk in, into the shelves and I'm just sitting there jamming in my head, working on this Browning music the whole time I was working my shifts. And standing on the edge, just one night, it was just came out, the whole thing. And I, I remember, memorized the whole thing while I was sitting there, just practicing it, jamming in my head all night. All the patterns, the synth melodies, the structure, the whole thing was done. And so much so that whenever I got down to sit down to actually track the song, I probably laid it out and... 30 minutes and you know that's especially saying something I was 19 at the time people on my stream have watched me lay down songs very quick but to do that back then was was very very fast and it just came out so naturally uh, because I sat there for eight hours on a shift <laughs> playing the song in my head on repeat and so lyrically I, I had already had these lyrics in the back of my mind from uh, as Butterns Black and that night on the shift I was kind of doing the pattern in my head and I'm thinking I think that pattern can work and obviously as Butterns Black didn't use these on their stuff after they got a different vocalist and so it was all clear and um, I knew the pattern could work so the lyrics came out super fast too one of my biggest inspirations and favorite bands that I had whenever I was young was Hatebreed and one thing I love about Jamie Josta and the way he did vocals is just so powerful and catchy for being screams. Um, he repeats a lot, has these big lines that he just repeats, and it gets the crowd involved, and it also makes the point come across so easily. And these lyrics are very, very easy to come across what they mean. And, you know, also I was 19, I was just, I was trying to be positive about all these feelings I was having. And so my friend Rick, he used to have a pro project called Broflex. And one of his lyrics kind of really made me understand a lot of metal lyrics like Hatebreed or like mine. He said, positive change driven by anger. And that just makes so much sense because you're trying to positively change your life, but you're angry about it. And so your positive change driven by anger, this is a big part of a lot of the early Browning lyrics. And so, yeah, standing on the edge, we'll go and we'll dive into this. There's not a ton of lyrics because it's a lot of repeating, like I said. And so here we go. Standing on the edge, questioning what life has brought. Limitations hold you back. Self-doubt is all you've got. And so... Like, uh, just disclaimer, I've never been like a suicidal person or anything like that. 
So whenever I say standing on the edge, I don't mean anything in that, in that sort of sense. Um, but standing on the edge of who knows what, like standing on the edge of what, is this a new opportunity? Is this me going to fall on my face? I'm standing on the edge and I have no idea, you know, questioning what life has brought. And so like really at that time I'm sitting there like, man, like, you know, growing up, I didn't know where I was going to end up. You know, I came from a very poor family. I didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't know what opportunities I was going to have. And I ended up being able to go to college through a bunch of government grants that I got for being poor. And I had a scholarship too for a, a video uh, project that I did in high school. But I was able to actually make it work, but then it didn't work. And then somehow I got this crazy opportunity to join a huge band and tour in Europe to thousands of people. And then it didn't work. And then it's like, here I am now going into trying to start this project that I had since high school as a full band, you know? So I had plenty of reasons to question what life had brought to me at the time. I was just so freaking all over the place. Limitations hold you back. Self-doubt is all you've got. Like, so many limitations on so many different things. And everyone has limit, limiting factors in their life of, you know, if how they can do things. Like, some people are limited to the job that they can have because of the area they live in. Or they're limited to how much creative time they have because they need to work all the time because they're paying off student debt. Or... I was very limited of what I was able to do because I was flat broke. I was young and I just had no idea what I was doing in the world, <laughs> you know, but I was trying to make it work. And thanks to my sister, she funded everything for me to be able to do stuff. She worked two jobs and we were all just scraping by trying to make this stuff work. And, you know, I felt super limited in what I was capable of doing. Um, Self-doubt is all you've got. Because at the time, everything I was doing was like failing, you know, I not necessarily failing, but it just wasn't working. And because whenever I was leaving as Blood Earns Black, man, I was freaking all over the place. Because like I said, I wrote this when I was in the studio with them, but I knew I was like, man, I do not like this, <laughs> you know. And so I had so much self-doubt, like, like, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do anything and not to throw those dudes under the bus or anything, but I showed them Browning music whenever I was with them and holy crap, did I get bashed on? And so even then I was like, am I a good musician? <laughs> Is this music I write good? You know, am I a good vocalist? I was the vocalist of their band and they were even talking crap on my vocals, trying to get me to do a different technique. I'm like, but you like them, you know? And so I just had so much self doubt. You know, they, I had also been told by them, you're not going to be straight edge for long. And I'm sitting here like, I'm going to quit your band because I'm straight edge <laughs> and you're trying to force me out of that. So I had all this self-doubt about who I was and what I was doing. And being 19, like, of course, you know, everything kind of felt like it was my fault. And then next lyric, this appears to be the end, but it may be a new beginning. And with everything I just said, that's such an obvious lyric for the time frame. This appears to be the end, but it may be a new beginning. I knew I was going to leave as Blood Earns Black. I knew 
that I was going to go and try to start the Browning as a full band. And I was just really like, I was trying to motivate myself. I'm like, you know what? I can freaking do this. You know, that's that positive change driven by anger. I was like, you want to bet? Like, watch, watch me do it. And it's, this is a new beginning for me. But it did kind of feel like the end. I mean, I'm 19. I'm leaving this huge band. Like, I was thinking about it every day. I was like, you know, I could just stay with them and try to build a career, you know? But I couldn't. Just from a moral standpoint and from a, a self-respect standpoint, I couldn't do it. And so I was like, F it. This is the end. But, and I felt like my career was over. I was being told by them that I would never do anything. But I knew it was going to be a new beginning, and I knew I was going to try as hard as I could. And my sister instilled a lot of confidence in me to, like, let's do it. Let's start the Browning. Let's go. And so I knew it was going to be the beginning of something. And then the, the bridge in the song, I say, live for your future. Remember your past. Reach for your dreams. You have not reached the end. And here we go. Johnny talking about the end again. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I'm not talking about the end of the world, but, you know, I'm saying to myself in this song, live for your future, remember your past. Because I always viewed it as like, I need to remember like how hard things were. And that is what drives me to go into my future. And every single moment, I even talk about it with my wife. I've been waiting to be a father my entire life. And now that I'm here, I'm just like so thankful. And... Even in being a father and a husband, this lyric still very much applies to me. Live for your future, remember your past. Like I'm still striving. You know, I think about it every day. What am I going to do with, with my daughter as I, as I grow up? How am I going to treat my wife? You know, what do I need to do on a daily basis to make my future better? And I remember my past as in, like, I remember the father that my father was. And I know for a fact that I'm not going to live my life to be a father like him. And so I'm living my future based off of my past. I'm going to do everything possible to not allow my family and my daughter and my wife to live based off of how my father was. So I'm remembering my past and I'm living my future based off of that. And that can go in so many different routes. You know, obviously that sort of has a negative connotation in my outlook on it, but someone could have a really, really good past and live for their future based off of that as, to, as well. You can base your future off of a positive past experience or a negative past experience, but you take it and you let it motivate you, you know, like say, man, the back, like back then was so good. I want to live that also in my future. Or you can say, man, back then sucked. I'm going to do everything possible to not have that happen in the future. And that's what I was saying in this, you know. Everything I did and still do is all to try to have a better future for myself and my family. Reach for your dreams. You have not reached the end. That right there probably really is a straight up um, thought I was having from this Blood Earns Black situation. And I'm sorry I keep talking about them. It's actually the second time I've recorded this because the first time I tried, I was just talking way too much about it. And now I'm getting back into it and I'm trying not to. <laughs> There's so much stuff I could say on that, but I'm really just, you know, this is 
however many years later. Don't even need to really be talking about it that much. But, you know, reach for your dreams. I was going to be going for this no matter what. And I was going to be trying to make this musician thing work no matter what. And then from there, you know, we repeat. We repeat the, the whole first verse. Standing on the edge, questioning what life has brought. Limitations hold you back. Self-doubt is all you've got. This appears to be the end, but it may be a new beginning. We have not reached the end. We are standing on the edge of the end. And so, yeah, I mean, again, 19-year-old Johnny, these lyrics aren't that in-depth, but they really are. They're, like, poetically, they're really, quote-unquote, juvenile, but they were really meaningful for the life I was living at that time, you know? And the thing is, you can equate these lyrics to your personal life in so many different ways, and even still today, I'm 31 years old, and I can still personally equate these to myself right now. So they're kind of timeless lyrics in the sense of how personal they are in so many different roots. And that is one of the beauties of being young and writing what you're feeling because you're not holding it back. And I really wasn't back then, you know, and I was trying to be positive. And that's something that I've kind of lost along the way in the lyrics. You know, I'll have certain songs like Skybreaker or Fearless that has the positive connotations to it and the positive outlooks. But back then I was really like pushing for it. I wanted to motivate people. I wanted to motivate, motivate people and show them like, like you're not the only one that feels like this and we're going to be pushing through this stuff together. You know, and that's kind of what Fearless is saying as well off the new album. And so Standing on the Edge, huge song for the Browning, you know, really a life-changing song. That was the one that the crowd back then the whole crowd was sitting there waiting and screamed standing on the edge at the top of their lungs it was the first song that really caught and really really stuck and made the brownings initial tours and shows just like awesome people were waiting for that song that song and ashamed were just huge for the browning in the beginning of the the full band part of the career and so i appreciate you guys listening to this and we'll see you on the next episode. Have a good one, y'all.